This morning's going to be a bit of a different sermon, a one scripture sermon, I promise. Well, I shouldn't promise because, you know, other scriptures might come out. But one scripture for you to look up, and that's Acts 9.31. It's also on your bulletin, it's also going to be on the big screen, and that's Acts 9.31. We want to talk this morning about how do we grow from here, where we are now as a church, to there. The here and now to the there and then. How do we get there? And as I was thinking about that, obviously there's an analogy of travel that we can use. Imagine with me if you had a friend or a family member that lived in New York City. And that friend or family member in New York City said to you, I've got tickets for fill in the blank, something you'd really like to do. Whether it's a Broadway show or a concert or a sporting event, um, you know, maybe something happening at one of the major museums. I've got tickets for whatever it is you'd like to do. And it's Friday. If you can get here by Friday, the ticket is for you. And while you're here, everything is paid for. You can stay at my place. I'm buying all the meals. I won't let you pay a single thing, not even a tip. All the transportation is covered. You've just got to get from your home in Lincoln, Nebraska to New York City by Friday. Well, most of us are like, shoot, man, I'm there. Okay, so we pull out our phone and we start Googling, well, how do, how do we get there? We know you can get on I-80 and get uh, you know, all the way to New Jersey, and that's right next door, so you can drive your car. Um, maybe you, know, you don't have that much time, and, but you might have a little more money and you could fly. Well, you could fly from Lincoln. You could fly from Omaha. Maybe you could fly a direct flight from Kansas City, if you don't mind a little drive there. Maybe you're like, I don't have the money. I do have some time, I'm going to hitchhike. That would be interesting. I mean, you could do it. I mean, you could get lucky on I-80 and get one guy to take you all the way to New Jersey and probably have an interesting time along the way, Uh, eat some truck stop food and stuff like that. So you could take a train. I mean, Amtrak, see the USA. Well, wait, that's in your Chevrolet. But there's lots of ways to get there. The same thing with the church family, friends. We know that as a church, our job is to make disciples. We're supposed to win people to Jesus and grow them up to be like Jesus. And so we do programs in the church from Sunday school to special events like Vacation Bible School. And we have folks that work with different ages from a student pastor to a children's director, uh, you know, and we have all these things that happen in our church. And it's all about making disciples. Even when we come to worship together as a body of believers, it is about us as disciples wanting to grow more to be disciples. That's why, at least for Southview Baptist Church, the central focus of our worship service is right here. It's God's Word. Because we don't worship, uh, it's not a sacrament that gets us closer to Jesus and helps us become more like Jesus, we believe, but it's God's Word. So in general, we preach God's Word verse by verse, word by word, and exposit. But today, we've got to take an aside and say, where are we at as a church? Where do we need to go? And how are we going to get there? This scripture verse was one that as I was reading along in my daily Bible reading, and this is one of the many reasons you need to have a daily Bible reading plan, at least regularly reading your Bible, God's Holy Spirit grabbed me and said, buddy, this one is for you, and this one is for Southview in 2018. And I did one of those, wait a second, let me read this again. Let's read it all together. Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. 
living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Acts 9.31. That's our scripture memory verse for the month because as our focus this month is on our purpose as a church, growing Christ followers, which is another way to say make disciples. And this scripture, the Holy Spirit said to me, So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, let me look at this thing here. It says, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Well, Holy Spirit, we're a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. But the Spirit made it clear to me that this was a scripture that he was applying to me and applying to our church. So even though this was originally written to be Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, think about those on your map or look in the back of your Bible, right? Basically, the Christian homeland where Christianity first took root. And so... The other thing I got thinking about is that word then. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. And I'm going, now wait a second, Acts. Luke wrote Acts. Luke was a doctor. Luke is systematic. Luke doesn't miss anything. And what he's doing here, he's writing a summary statement, right? So you have to look above the then to see what he's summarizing. Did you look in the rest of chapter 9? Chapter 9, I mean, starts with Saul starts out on his way uh, from Jerusalem to Damascus to persecute the church in the name of Judaism. And he gets this radical transformation where Jesus speaks to him, you know, and he goes blind and then, uh, uh, you know, I mean, crazy stuff, right? And then in Damascus, the Christians are fearful of him. uh, And then uh, the Jews get angry at him and want to run him out of town. And so the guys whose side he used to be on, now they're against him. I mean, it's like a comic book or something, right? And then they take him back to Jerusalem and the Jews there get mad at him too. And want to kill him too. So then his uh, followers have to smuggle him out of Jerusalem. And so after all this turmoil, Luke, the author of Acts, says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and what did it do? Enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. There's a few key words or phrases here in this passage of Scripture we're going to focus on today. One is that time of peace. The other is strengthened or built up, your Bible say. The third one is living in fear of the Lord or walking in fear of the Lord. Um, uh, and, and that's reverence, awe, respect, or God for who He is. And then encouraged or comforted by the Holy Spirit. And that fourth one, or that final one, increased in numbers. And as I looked at that and I thought about our church family, I thought, wow, we're in a time of peace. We're in a relative time of strength, even though our numbers might be down a little bit. You know, our finances are good. The way you all serve and fulfill roles in our church is amazing. And so what's going to be the key for us to increase in our numbers? It's those next two things. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. There's some keys here for how we as individuals and how we as a church should live our lives and pursue Jesus. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. Would you pray with me before we go further? God, our Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, our Savior, and we're his. We're his people. We're his servants. We're yours. Because, God, you loved us and you called us. You extended grace to us when we didn't deserve it. You give us mercy for the things we do deserve. And you saved us by Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we come before you today, and we pray that you would speak to us through this passage of Scripture, that we would see what it means to 
live in peace and become stronger. And how the fear of the Lord and encouragement of the Holy Spirit will help us grow as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. So your first point on your outline this morning is about the here and now. The here and now, and that the first sub-point there is that we have peace. You look around our church family now, and I've been here for 12 and a half years. The church is 62 years old now, and some of you have been here for much longer than I have. Some of you, it's your very first Sunday, and we're glad you're here. And part of me wants to think, oh, I'm not preaching a normal sermon. But the other part of me thinks, no, they're getting to hear a sermon about where we're at and where we're going to go and how we're going to get there. And this is good. And hopefully folks embrace this. We have a time of peace. There are no major complaints or concern. Most of our roles are fulfilled. And even though we're a little behind budget in our giving, we still have plenty of money in the bank because you all have been faithful to give. And the ministry leaders have been faithful not to spend more than they need. I mean, we're blessed in those ways. And spiritually, we're at peace. When I hear the type of things happening in different Sunday school classes and Bible study groups and the fellowship that's happening there and the encouragement that's happening there and these stories of life change that you might not hear from this pulpit as often as I should have people up here and share those things, but it's happening and lives are being changed. And I look at these things and I say, yeah, just like the church there in that region where it came from, after all that turmoil, we have peace as well. And the second point there is that we are being strengthened by God. Every week as we gather together, every uh, time we minister to one another and just have conversations and love each other in Jesus' name, uh, we can be strengthened by God. Now, I realize that sounds a little bit subjective, and some of you might be going, I don't feel strengthened by God. And so part of that might be within you, okay, that you're not willing to submit to whatever God has called you to, or, or maybe, you know, you're not in a relationship where other folks can help you, but you can always be in a relationship with God. It starts with you realizing that, yes, I'm a believer, and I know if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven, or no, I don't, or no, I'm not. And that relationship with Jesus where you commit your life to be a follower of Christ, you confess your sins to Him and you confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord, that's the start of it. And then you say, okay, God, by your Holy Spirit, as I read your word, as I pray, how should I be strengthened day in and day out? And as a church family, we have peace, we're being strengthened. But my question is this, is that where's our vision to grow? Where is our vision as a congregation to grow? Now, some of us, when we think about growing, we think, oh, he's talking about money. Others of us think, oh, he's talking about numbers. Others of us think, well, he's talking about us being more like Jesus. And frankly, I'm talking about him in that reverse order. Because if we are more like Jesus as individuals, then we're going to naturally do and say and be the sort of things that attract other individuals here. And then money, that just follows after. We need that to pay the bills and to do things. But it's all about your walk with Jesus and you involving other people in that walk with Jesus. That's what it's about. And when we talk about growing Christ followers, that's our purpose. Growing Christ followers. And that's why this is our sermon topic. We look around our town and we see Lincoln's growing. We look around and we see, why shouldn't we be growing? And I think it comes down to a few things and a few focuses. 
and that will help us get there. And I'm not going to give you all the answers today. And frankly, I don't know all the answers. I do know that as we follow God, He'll help reveal those answers. So a few answers to that question. The first one is this, that people. People are our purpose. Say that again, are our purpose. You've got to pronounce that right. I mean, you all are our purpose, growing Christ followers. That the job of each of us as members of this church ought to be to do what we can to grow ourselves and help others to grow as well. Growing Christ followers, that's our uh, common language way, you know, shorthand way to say make disciples. Because if we say make disciples to people who don't know about Jesus and aren't in church and don't speak Christianese, they're going to be like, make disciples? What does that mean? But we can say growing Christ followers. And people know Christ is Jesus' followers. Yeah, that's somebody that walks after him. Last week we talked about come follow me, Jesus said. And who the me is, Jesus, God's son, and what it means to follow him. And so our purpose Now, in our modern day and time, you might work for an organization that has a mission statement, a vision statement, values, principles, whatever. There's all these kind of words, right? And they can have some duplication, and they can have some uh, similarity. Values are really, for us as a church, um, you know, how we do what we do. And for us, our values are Bible engagement is number one. We want to hear in church as we gather together, primarily see what the Bible has to say about it. We want to encourage you to do that on your own. So Bible engagement is our first value. Our second value at Southview is worshipful lifestyle. We want to encourage you not just to think of this as worship, but as everything you do day in, day out as worship. That's what Scripture teaches. The third value for us is intentional relationships. Because, friends, real relationships, deep relationships, meaningful relationships don't happen without intention. You have to take the time to say, hey, can we hang out? Hey, can we talk about that? You know, I've got some ideas about that, or I'd like to pray for you about that. You don't just exist side by side and grow. You have to have intentionality in order to cause the growth. Our fourth value is gifted service. God's given each and every person here who's a believer in Jesus spiritual gifts. And all of us have talents and abilities. And you add all those things together, then as a church family, we can serve and do amazing things together. Our fifth value is gospel sharing. We know that we should be sharing the good news of Jesus with others and seeing their lives transformed as well. So these are our values. And then we do have a vision statement. I'm not going to talk about that today. That vision statement is sort of a re-paraphrase of our values and throw in our um, uh, purpose statement. And it says, here's what we want to become. And we'll get next week and the week after that more specific about our vision. But what our purpose is, is people growing Christ followers. And frankly, for us, you might also say that purpose is our mission. It's what we should do. Everything we do in this place, we should ask, how does that grow Christ followers? How does that help grow Christ followers? Some things is pretty easy. We want to start a new Sunday school class to meet this need. Yes, that'll grow those Christ followers. The other things we go, um, how does paving the parking lot grow Christ followers? Well, we got to have a parking lot in order for people to get here, and we don't want people to trip when they come in, and you know, our parking lot was that bad it needed paved last year. We had the money, and we paved it. Other things like that, so we have to ask those questions. But let's move on to your second answer. Your second answer is our worship services, and our worship services are to express our purpose. We gather together for worship week in, week out. It's the primary thing our church does. More people come for worship than they do for Sunday school. 
Um, if you added our Sunday school attendance to our WANA attendance and every other Bible study, uh, it might be very similar. You know, 200 and some odd folks come to each, unique folks each week. But our worship services are to express that purpose of growing Christ's followers. The third answer, our Sunday school and small groups, those are to fulfill our purpose. Now, in a few minutes, we're actually going to hand you out a survey And we're going to hand you out a survey uh, that everybody here, uh, even if you're a kid, you can answer. We want to know what your answers are. Uh, And we'd ask you, you know, to fill out what your name is. Uh, You can be anonymous if you want to, but at least what your age is so we know where you're coming from and, uh, you know, how long you've been around and those sort of things. And in that survey, I'm going to announce to you again, but I'm saying it to you right now, I'm making a difference between Sunday school and small groups. Sunday school is what happens in this building on Sunday morning as we gather together at the 11 o'clock hour and some of us at 8.15. There's a Sunday school class at 8.15. There could be more. Plenty of real estate open in the church at the 8 o'clock hour. But then there's some of us that have, in addition to our Sunday school class, we have a small group we meet in You know, ladies have Tuesday morning or Thursday evening. Some men have an evening Bible study. Some of you meet one-on-one or two-on-two or with a small group or something like that. So some of you have a small group that's focused on discipleship or prayer or something like that that you do in addition to Sunday school. You do Sunday school on Sunday morning and you do the small group as well, and that works for you. Your time allows it and you enjoy that. But what we need to present is that maybe some of us who can't come to Sunday school because of the timing or for whatever reason might do better to have a small group other than Sunday school. Not in addition to, but instead of. You might say, you know what? I'd like to start a group in my house on Thursday night. And Thursday night, I'd be willing to host as many people as could fit around my living room. And we're going to study the Bible together. And yes, it doesn't meet on Sunday morning like a Sunday school class, but it fulfills that same purpose of applying the Bible to our life. And friends, we need to get there as a church. To keep our Sunday school, but add uh, small groups. And why do we have Sunday school in small groups? To fulfill our purpose. To help make and grow Christ's followers. So look at your fourth answer there. Is our facility to serve our purpose. I could have said our properties, um, you know, because you think about, I mean, even the way the lawn's mowed in the parking lot and the north property and the bushes outside and all that kind of stuff. There's plenty of things around here. But you look around our building and it's showing its age. And so we're going to have to do some things to take care of it. We're going to have to remodel some things now. And we'll look at other things in the future. Uh, We'll talk about in a few minutes giving to grow. And we'll talk about it again in the weeks ahead. And giving to grow is a vehicle that you can give offerings above and beyond your tithes that will go to the improvement of this facility. And we've got to have a facility in order to grow Christ's followers. So that's where we're at now. These things that are good, these things that with a little work can be even better. Here's the thing that I said both to, first to our church council, then our ministry leadership team, and then the servants meeting. And I believe I've said it here from the pulpit as well. Then when I look at the way our church is structured right now, I don't see any major structure changes that need it. We changed the structure majorly last year when we went from standing committees, those uh, four standing committees that had 21 different people, to a church council to fulfill all those roles. And so it's seven people. And so instead of, you know, uh, 20, 30 meetings a year, it's going to be 12 to 15 meetings a year. So fewer meetings. So we've streamlined our administration. We've centralized that. That's good. And I'm yes, I did mention that we should add 
some small groups other than Sunday school. We should add some Sunday school classes as well, but that's not changing our structure. That's just adding to what we already have. And when it comes to our facility, well, we're going to get there too is the sort of things we can do. So that's the here and now. Let's shift gears, look back to your sermon outline, and talk about the there and then. The there and then is where we can be. So you've got a question there, and that question is, how do we fulfill our vision to grow? If we start at a place of peace and a place of strength, we start at a great place. And if we start as those that are pursuing Jesus in order that he might grow us as Christ followers, in order that we might assist others in growing as Christ followers, we start at a great place. We're in a healthy place, a good place as a church family. And so I'm excited for what our future has and what it may be as we focus together with intentionality and growing. Go back to your scripture verse, Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in fear of the Lord. That's my version there, the older NIV. But listen to it in the English Standard Version. It says, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The New American Standard says, uh, translates that second half as, And going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. And the New Living Translation says, And it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Also, it grew in numbers. How are we going to fulfill our vision? With the fellowship or encouragement of the Holy Spirit and following the Lord in the fear of the Lord. So your first answer there is the Christ follower's path. This is something that's going to be new, a little bit different for you. But it comes from a book that uh, I had our church council read, our ministry leadership team, our deacons read, called The Unstuck Church by Tony Morgan, because of all the books about church revitalization, this one rang true with me and had ideas that I felt like we could share these. And so we've got a slide to help depict that for you. Andrea helped us with our graphics, and Chris put them together here. The Christ follower's path. And so you'll see this path from this day forward until we change it or decide it doesn't work for us at Southview. And you think about, as we're growing Christ followers, how in general people move along this path. So right now, if you were to say to somebody, hey, uh, you know, how do you get involved in Southview Baptist Church? I don't know. You come to worship. You know, well, how do you get in a Sunday school class? Well, you just go. You know, how do you serve? Well, you tell somebody you want to serve. We've already got the structure there, but we don't have the intentionality to make the structure work like it should. And part of defining the path is to build in that intentionality. So let's look. Worship. You got your first little leaf on the left there. Worship is the primary entry point for guests or new folks into Southview Baptist Church. Occasionally, they'll come through Awana. Occasionally, they'll come through our student ministry. But most of the time, their first thing they do is come to a worship service. They say, all right, let's check this place out. You know, what's it like to be in a church like this? Because I grew up this denomination, or I grew up not going to church, or it's been a long time since I went to church. 
How's this guy preach? What does this music sound like? What does this building feel like? Are these people friendly to me? All these things, worship. And so the second step on the Christ follower's path, we call grow. I realize we want you to grow based on worship, but we didn't want to call it group or anything like that. And that's when we ask you to come together in a smaller group, a Sunday school class primarily. But remember, we're also opening up the option now of small groups other than Sunday school instead of Sunday school that might meet any other time during the week. And that's why we called it GROW. And that's our primary vehicle for getting people together in relationships where they can listen to each other. God bless you all. You sit here week in, week out, and all you got to do is listen to me, right? I mean, uh, I'm glad you come back, um, and I I trust that the things I say are encouraging to you and edifying to you, and you're growing in Jesus. But what I want to see you do is get in a Sunday school or a small group where you're face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, life-on-life with people. And keep in mind that what we do on Sunday morning is only the beginning, It's where you go beyond Sunday morning, where you say, hey, why don't you come over and share a meal with us? Or, you know, you hear somebody say something in Sunday school, then afterwards you just say privately to them, hey, man, I've been through that before. Can we talk about that this week? What's your phone number? And you begin a relationship that goes deeper. And that's that second step on the Christ follower's path, grow. The third step is serve. I love the way that Andrea made that leaf laying down. Kind of like, okay, I'm stooping down to help a child, or I'm helping somebody in need. Serving means sacrificing ourself. Serving is an extension of that otherishness, right? It's God-powered, it's other-focused, and it's self-sacrificing. Serving is what we should get you to, that somewhere along the way we say, yeah, you can serve. We have a place in our church or through our church where you can do something to serve. And then the next one is lead. We'll talk more about that later. I'm looking at my watch going, whoo, I've got to start speed up. I'm going to ask my deacons that are available, any deacon, stand up and come down front and get a survey. And we're going to hand out a survey right here and now in church, and just uh, any deacons do that. So they're going to hand these out, and we want you to complete the survey right now. We will have music playing, not the Jeopardy theme. We don't want to make you nervous. But why are we doing this now? We love you and we trust you, but we also know if we send it home with you, it won't come back. So because we want maximum participation, we're giving it to you now and we're asking you to complete it right now. As soon as you get the survey, you can start it. We also have extra pins if you need those. Notice with me there are three areas on this, or three major areas, worship, Sunday school, and then on the back, the small groups, and we ask the questions differently. A small group other than Sunday school and a small group in addition to or instead of Sunday school. So pay attention to those number three questions and then the number four questions. So we're going to take a few minutes and let you fill out the survey right now. And we're going to have you do like Easter pageant, pass them to the aisle uh, when I call time, and um, we'll take them up right now. Please know that we will also email this survey to everybody church-wide tomorrow. And we'll email it as a Word doc, since most people are Microsoft folks, and they can fill it out right there in their Word doc and email it back, or they can print it out and write on it and send it back. And if you're somebody that you're like, Pastor Aaron, I don't do well with tests, we'll let you take it home. But we would prefer if you fill it out right now and turn it in in a few minutes. 
So I'm going to stop talking and let you go to work. And Ryan, I'll let you push play. You guys are so studious. This is awesome. Everybody's got a survey. Anybody need a survey or a pen? Let me see your hand. Otherwise, I'll be quiet. All right, thanks. So I know this has been uh, like highly irregular. We don't normally do this, but it was this important for us to know what you think, how we're doing now, in order to help us see how we're going to get to where we need to go. Because I believe our Holy Spirit is within each and every believer in this place. The answers we need are in this place. We'll seek God by the Holy Spirit through Scripture and prayer. But I guarantee you, one of you, if not two dozen of you, have written something that when we as a ministerial staff read it, we'll go, yes, that's exactly what we need to do. And we didn't even think about it. But I guarantee you that that's happened right now. And if you're going to continue to write this sort of thing. So... Um, Yeah, I need to transition us. If you haven't finished, I'm just going to ask you to maybe set that aside for a second so we can finish our sermon and we can get done and move ahead. So Ryan's got to run back to get the sound. But thank you for your participation today. Richard, you got one in the very back there. Thank you. All right. So let's move to our next point. That specific survey, and after that, Chris, is giving to grow. We'll talk more about giving to grow in the next two weeks ahead, but remember, as I said, that's funding for our facilities. So let's put a bow on this if I can draw your attention back for a minute. So how are we going to grow? How are we going to get to the there and then? And it's in our scripture. And Chris can advance us to the next slide. It's in our scripture. It says that we live right with God. That phrase in the scripture that says, in fear of the Lord, or living in, or being built up in, the fear of the Lord, is the idea of walking with Jesus. Not just saying you're a Christ follower, but actually following. Doing the things that it means to demonstrate you're a Christ follower. Not just attending worship, not just, you know, coming to Sunday school, not just serving in the church somewhere, but daily the way that you read your Bible and pray and that you share out of who you are by the Holy Spirit living right with God. When it comes down to being the church God's called us to be, it's about being the individuals He's called us to be. And that's something every one of us has an opportunity to change. Your final point in your outline there is that we follow the Holy Spirit. We're not afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit here at Southview. That God is three in one. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we see this Holy Spirit is living and active. And we're thankful that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in our daily lives. To illuminate our understanding of Scripture. To convict us of sin. And convict us of our uh, guilt in regards to unrighteousness. These things that the Holy Spirit does for us. But that Scripture said that you would be comforted by or encouraged by or counseled by. The Holy Spirit. So go back to my opening analogy. I don't know that any of you have a trip planned to New York City this week. 
But remember the part I said about once you get there, your friend says that everything else is paid. You just got to get there. Heaven's the same way, friends. When we get to eternity, everything's been paid for by God our Father. And our ticket there is different than my analogy because it's been paid for by the blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. But we still have to live the life. We still have to walk the walk. We've still got to follow Jesus, even though the fare has already been paid. Because think about it. Let's say you did say, I'm going to get an airline ticket to go see my friend in New York City. You could have bought the ticket and missed the plane, right? You've still got to show up. You've still got to sit in the seat. You've still got to get out of the airplane and get out through the terminal and get out in New York City and meet your friend. Life is like that, friends. Jesus has paid the price for us, but we've still got to live it. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we thank you so much for your presence among us today. And that even though it's been a bit of a different sermon, it's been a great time of worship. And the songs that we've sang and the gifts that we've given, the prayers that we've offered, man, have just been amazing. And so good to be here with brothers and sisters in Christ and to talk about where we're at, but in an exciting way to talk about where we're going to go and in small ways about how we're going to get there. So, Father, we thank you for each and every person present today, for those who are here for the first time, for those that are here for the thousandth time, maybe, because we know that you've had us all here on purpose, that by your Holy Spirit, you might speak to us about who we are as individuals, and we consider who we may be as a church. And, Father, we pray that as we live in fear of you, and as we are guided comforted, encouraged, and counseled by the Holy Spirit, we'd be exactly who you have us to be. We look forward to what it means for Southview to grow Christ's followers. In Jesus' name, amen.